to our Carl's by candlelight uh, Carl service. Uh, my name is uh, Richard McCord. I'm uh, the pastor here in this church and I want to say it's uh, lovely to see so many visitors with us and, and also some people back um, that we know very well that are serving in other churches. So great to have you with us uh, today. Um, thank you for making the effort to be here and I do trust that God uh, will bless you and indeed speak to you through um, the Carl's and through what he says through his word um, today. Uh, we're going to start, and uh, we're going to sing a lot today, we're going to start by singing our first uh, carol, uh, Once in Royal at uh, David City. And uh, once the musicians give us the introduction, we're going to stand together and sing using these uh, words so well known to us. <laughs> short okay and we're going to have a memory test and that is what is my car registration number because someone has left their lights on and I don't want to embarrass you but your registration number is RGZ2438 and you want to slip out during the prayer you can do that RGZ2438 let's bow our heads together I'm going to lead us in prayer before God to ask for his blessing let's pray Heavenly Father and we bow in your presence And as we do, we are mindful of the time of year that we find ourselves. 
Uh, This is a season of of joy and peace on earth. This is the season when we celebrate uh, the birth of of a baby boy. When uh, one starry night he, he came in that, uh, in that monumental miracle where the God of heaven took on a human body. Where the God of heaven became a human being, became a man and lived among us. One who the hopes and fears of all the years are met in. One who would grow um, and who would uh, begin his uh, public ministry in his 30s and would, would uh, preach and, uh, and teach and perform miracles with wonderful wisdom and wonderful power, the very power of God on display. One who would say, I am the light of the world, which would remind us of the light of Christmas, which would remind us of the coming one who would dispel the darkness One who came and through the cradle and the cross and the grave would be the saviour of all who place their trust and hope in him. And we thank you for for the baby Jesus, the one who was born uh, and who lived and who died and who rose again and who lives forever uh, to pray and make intercession for his people. And we give you thanks and pray that you would give each of us uh, this afternoon uh, an understanding of the true significance of the Christmas season. We pray that surface and tinsel would give way to depth and true meaning uh, in all of us here today, here present. Father, we do pray that you would bring uh, the word on the page alive to us. We thank you for your, your word which teaches us about these things that happened so long ago, but which are so relevant to each of us, which matter so much, because in them we find the way, the truth, and the life. In them we find the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And we pray for your blessing now as we sing together and as we understand from your word what you're saying. Bless us, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a number of uh, readings this afternoon, and, and we're going to have our first Christmas reading. Uh, this, uh, this is going to be read to us by, by Janice McAleese, and Janice is going to come forward now. The reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, 
nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Janice. Our second carol um, is going to be uh, Silent Night. Muriel Ford now is going to bring us our next up Bible reading from God's Word. This reading is taken from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ 
took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to, to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Muriel. And we're going to sing again, O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant.
want to invite uh, Chris forward now to bring our, our third reading from God's Word. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring uh, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went there on on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw their star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. We're going to sing uh, from the squalor um, of a borrowed stable, and after that we're going to watch a short video together. Uh, So, from the squalor of a borrowed uh, stable.
They say there's a big man who lives far away, supposedly jolly, but it's hard to say. I've never seen him and neither have you. But the children believe, and I suppose that'll do. He's known as a loner with many a quirk, no time for a chat, he's embroiled in his work. He keeps to himself for most of the year. I reckon we're grateful he doesn't appear. We send him requests for particular needs, but we never hear back, who knows if he heeds. We try to be good, give his arm a twist, to merit our place on his blessed little list. And maybe one day, if we do what we should, he'll give us our things just so long as we're good. <laughs> I've had it to hear, I'm calling his bluff. He's a weird, moralistic dispenser of stuff. Granted, this rant is a strange one to pick, but listen, I'm not really after St. Nick. As strange as he is, and Santa is odd, I'm really addressing most folks' view of God. It's God who we see as some distant big guy, some ancient invisible St. Nick in the sky. He sees you asleep, he knows when you wake, he's watching and waiting to spot your mistake. And just like with Santa, requests we hand in. We want all his things, but we don't want him. That's our connection with old Father Christmas. We might dress it up, it's essentially business. Throughout the year, good behavior's our onus. When Christmas rolls around, we're expecting our bonus. Just leave us our gifts, Nick, we've been good enough. And then please push on, now we've got all your stuff. I mean, Santa is interesting, curious, quirky, but nobody wants him to share their turkey. I'm sure his ho-ho-hos are sublime, but I fear what he'll say once he's drunk our mulled wine. That's old St. Nick, but the picture rings true. It's how we imagine what God is like too. But Christmas resounds with a stunning not so. The one from on high was born down below. To a world in need, he did not send another. God the Son became God our brother. He drew alongside forever to dwell. Our God in the flesh, Emmanuel. This God in the manger upends all our notions. A heavenly stooping, divine demotion. Born in a stable, wriggling on straw, fully committed to life in the raw. Santa gives things and then goes away. Jesus shows up to befriend and to stay. Santa rewards those for good behavior. Jesus draws near to the broken as savior. If you don't like God, I think I know why. You probably think he's St. Nick in the sky. You're right to reject that faraway stranger. This Christmas, look down to the God in the manger. It can't be Christmas until you've sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And we're going to sing that, um, that now. Uh, it's a big favourite of many. Think about the words as we sing it. They're, they're powerful. They're not just old words that have lost their meaning. They, they're, they're very important. Uh, Charles Wesley wrote this song many years ago. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Thank you.
our fourth and final uh, Christmas reading is going to be uh, read to us by Alistair. He's coming forward just now. Thank you. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the sh what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Thank you. Um, we come to our Christmas message, and this year I'm going to ask the question, I'm on earth, where is the peace? I'm on earth, where is the peace? Have you, have you ever been disappointed by a Christmas gift? Uh, it's sat there for a, a few weeks under the Christmas tree with the expectation growing and growing, but when you opened it, it wasn't what you thought it was. I have a friend uh, called Brad, uh, who is an American. There aren't too many Brads in uh, Dundonald. Uh, and uh, he shared the other day on Facebook uh, that it was the 32nd anniversary of him not getting a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier for Christmas. When he was a boy, of course, uh, with an accompanying picture. This is the picture. Uh, he's lived in, Brad, my friend, he, he's lived in about five countries uh, with his wife and his children. Uh, he's had a full life, uh, but, but the disappointment is still raw, it seems, all those years uh, later. Or, or perhaps uh, you got what you wanted, but the gloss didn't even last to the end of Christmas Day. Or maybe the perfume gave you a rash, 
or the jumper was itchy or the jeans that were just the slightest bit too tight and it was annoying, especially as you were at Turkey. The board game was just that, it was boring. Uh, the handbag was just too big to be small and just too small to be practical. Or the computer game was too difficult to get anywhere in. Or your new vegan trainers were eaten by a plant-eating animal. What about, what about peace on earth at Christmas? Is that an overstated promise that doesn't deliver? When you hear the songs on the radio and Bing Crosby and David Bowie are singing Peace on Earth, ba-rumpa-bump-bump, uh, you're left to wonder about that. Uh, but of course there's plenty of dreamy stuff in, in Christmas songs, dreaming of white Christmases and wars being over and wishing it could be Christmas every day and all sorts of impractical stuff like that. But what about when you hear it in some of our Christmas carols? It does leave you wondering. Surely they should be. They should be coming closer to reality. We sang Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. Well, not in my house. Not with the mad rush in the shopping centres, uh, trying to get everything done and sorted for Saturday. We sang Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild in, in Hark the Herald Angels Sing just, just a few moments ago. And the third verse, it starts with, Heal the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Peace. There isn't much peace. The trouble, of course, is that it's not just the authors of the carols. I mean, Charles Wesley wrote Heart the Herald Angels Sing in the 18th century, and, and he was not perfect. Uh, he did make mistakes, like all of us. And, and Joseph Moore, who wrote Silent Night, was prone to mistakes too, for sure. But, but what about the Bible? I mean, it's there too, in, in black and white. And Christians, Christians believe that God doesn't make mistakes. What's in there, in the Bible, is right. What is in there is true truth. We heard it read from Luke chapter 2, from the angels. Do you remember what they said? They said, fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And later, uh, the whole host of angels, they burst into song on the hillside with these words, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Joy that will be for all the people. Joy. Well, there's plenty of non-joy in people. The people I meet, the people you meet, the people I meet who want that last space in the car park that I'm going for too. The people I meet who are concerned about the way things are going. And yes, we, we can forget about it for a day or two, but it comes back. Where is the, the great and lasting joy that these angels sang about? Peace. Well, if you were to pick a year to prove the point, pick, pick the one 2,021 years after Jesus was born or thereabouts. Pick this past year. For have you ever seen a world with so little peace? People entrenched in polar opposite positions. Have you ever seen such anger over government decisions? More rants on Twitter and Facebook than ever. Have you ever seen people falling out so much over things that never crossed their minds barely 24 months ago? Have you ever known a world in such turmoil? Have you ever known so little peace? I am on earth. So where is the peace? Jesus himself gets involved in the discussion. Listen to his words. Ten chapters later in Luke chapter 12. 
Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. Uh, They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now that's a bit of a curveball, isn't it? Now that doesn't exactly sound great. Jesus doesn't say he's going to bring peace, he says he's going to bring division. Father against son and daughter against mother and mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. Sounds like, like a serious riot at the Christmas dinner table or something, doesn't it? Five against three, three against two, and two against three, and all sorts of division. And doesn't that contradict what the angels promised? What they said? What about the ancient Bible promises of of, of Isaiah chapter 9, written 700 years before Jesus came along? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, listen up, Prince of Peace. Doesn't that contradict also with what Jesus told his followers to be? He told them to be peacemakers. You remember when Bill Clinton was turning on the the lights in, in Belfast at Christmas in 1995? I remember it. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. In fact, I think I remember that he misquoted the rest of the verse famously. Blessed, Jesus does say it. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does say these words, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, children of God. What is going on? Jesus sounds less like the desirable saviour that Christians claim him to be, and more like some sort of flexible with truth modern day leader, I don't know. Pick, take your pick. To try to understand this with me, well, you have to understand something important. You see, the peace is here in the coming of the baby Jesus, but the peace is not here in all of its fullness, in all that it will be. It is yet to be. We are at war. Ever since the beginning, we have been at war. At war with, with God as a human race. We have, been, we have been living in his world without regard for him. We have been acting like there is no God in the world setting up our own little many kingdoms where we're in charge, the way we like it. And then when something goes wrong, we decide to shake our fist at God and say, what are you doing up there? What sort of God are you? How can you let this happen? The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 7, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. In other words, we're at war with God. How do you bring peace when you're in the middle of a war? Well, the answer is that there has to be a battle. Yes, you can have a truce. That's that's, that's one option, but but it may not hold. If it's going to be decisive, if you want to bring a a war to an end decisively and permanently, well, there has to be more hostility. Peace is not just a... A state of mutual, lovely, warm, cuddly feelings. No, peace has to be fought for in a world like ours. Wars only end with decisive victory. And Jesus is born of Mary. And Jesus comes to fight in the war. How does he fight? Well, we sang it. 
He fights for breath. He fights for me. Loosing sinners from the claims of hell. And with a shout our souls are free. Death defeated by Emmanuel. He fights by becoming a baby. By living among us. By bridging the gap. By becoming the middleman. The reconciler. The peacemaker. By ending our rebellion against God. By bringing us over to the other side. The side of good. God's side. And by at the same time taking on the oldest enemy of all, death. He fights by giving himself up to death. He fights by dying in our place. He fights by taking our punishment and by rising again on the third day to show that God has accepted the payment. And his death and his punishment are then counted as our punishment when we come in believing faith to Jesus and accept his offer. Of forgiveness. When we turn from our rebellion and sinfulness and, and commit to following Him, God works in this wonderful way to change our status from lost to found, from dead to alive, from guilty to forgiven, from at war with God to at peace with God, from happiness based on circumstances. To joy that nothing can take away. You see, that's the sort of peace that Jesus brings. That's what it's talking, that's what the angels are talking about. That's the peace on earth. Peace on earth that, as the verse in Luke 2 says, the, the angels they, they, they tell the shepherds, that's for those on whom his favour rests. Another translation puts it, it's for those on whom he is pleased. Is he pleased with you? This afternoon, is he pleased with you? He's only pleased with you if, you if you trust in him, if you turn from your own way and follow him and live as a Christian believer. For the rest, the war rages on. The war with God rages on. And this is real and this is true peace. But it's not universal. It's, 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 it's limited in a way because it's, it's just for those who, who know his favor. It's for those who, who look to him, who follow him, who love him. And that commitment that I spoke about to live as a Christian believer, well, that comes at a cost. You see, Christians, well, they're not just ordinary people who don't get drunk, sleep around, or do things like that. Christians are not just ordinary people who go to church on a Sunday instead of, I don't know, the park run or a round of golf or something. No, Christians are not just ordinary people with a sprinkling of religion about them. No, no, no. No, Christians are ordinary people who something extraordinary has happened to. A miracle, no less. Because the spiritually dead, opposed to God, have come to life. The enemies are now in God's family. Christians are, are, are actually people who have been renewed at their very core. Their focus, their desires, their, their purpose, their dreams are, 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 are changed. We are at peace with our creator. We are living as he intended us to live in the beginning. We are at peace in our hearts. We, we can put our head on the pillow at night with, with the world around us bouncing with another crisis and be at peace. But sooner or later, that change that has happened will prove divisive. Because 
when you seek to live as a Christian and, and speak about what's happened to you and, and live out that, that miracle of being reconciled with God that's happened, well, you can expect to be met with, with opposition. For just as in the world, people scowl and grind their teeth at the idea of, of a God who, who made us, who, who we're accountable to, so they will often scowl and grind their teeth at people who are associated with him. And even families can be split down the middle over this sort of thing, which is precisely what Jesus was talking about in this passage. When a father believes but a son doesn't, when a, when a daughter-in-law knows Jesus and wants to live for him but a mother-in-law hates all that stuff and doesn't want to hear anything more about it, it's, it's a division. Jesus coming to bring peace lays bare the division that has always existed in the world since Adam and Eve in the beginning. When we live to God's rules and commands, well, that shows the side we're on. And some people don't like that. Now, many don't care. That's another possibility. I don't really care. You can live however you like. I'm not worried. But some people don't like that. It, it winds them up. That's another possibility. And yet there are other people, other people who who are quite intrigued by those Christians, some perhaps here this afternoon, who, who recognize that there's something, something different about those people, something, something good maybe, maybe desirable in them, who, who know there's something, something just about them that maybe can't put your finger on. Now, we want you to know that that something about Christians is, is Jesus Christ. He, he's, he's the one at work, you know, he's the craftsman, he's the one that's at work in us. Perhaps there's some here that where they have the strange feeling that things aren't quite right with, 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 them, with them today. Or maybe, maybe you're experiencing a, an unfamiliar sense of your need or your sinfulness and you're in church today. Maybe that's you. But you're in the right place. For I know the one you need to find. His word tells us his name's Jesus. The gift of the first Christmas at the first Christmas is the boy in the manger. But he's not a disappointing gift. He's not like those uh, Playmobil sets that zoom all over the television advert. Uh, but they just sit stationary, disappointingly, when you put, bring them out and build them and set them in front of you. Where's, where's all this zooming around like the advert? You know, they don't do that. Jesus isn't disappointing. He's not like that voucher uh, for a shop that you don't ever buy anything in, so you're stuck with it. He's not like the tin of sweets that you've ate all the good ones before the Queen's speech is over. He doesn't overpromise. He doesn't overstate and then have to reel it back in. No, he's the gift that really satisfies. He's the gift that really delivers. And, and he has delivered peace to those who, who are trusting in him. And he will deliver peace in this world. You see, there's a, there's a personal peace for some. Peace for people who are believing in Jesus. Limited to some extent. But Jesus' ultimate objective is peace in the world at large. Because one day, that peace will come. And it will come universally. The Bible is incredibly clear that one day the Prince of Peace will reign in this world. Yes, the one you live in. He will be the world leader. 
He will be seen and known as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you, that's you, will see him. The Bible tells us that. Every eye will see him. You will, if, you, if you're no longer here, as uh, most of us probably won't be, you will rise from the grave. And you'll see him. And you will bow your knee and you will honour and revere him. God's word teaches us that. Peace will one day reign eternally. Peace requires a war. The war to end all wars was not the first world war as it was called. It's the war when Jesus has put all his enemies under his feet. As we read about in the book of 1 Corinthians. That is what ushers in peace in our world. Revelation 17, very close to the end of the Bible, says this. They will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Our world hurtles on. But one day, it will reach its conclusion. And there is a conqueror. His name is Jesus. Your Christmas will always be lacking until you know the full extent of the gift of the baby Jesus. Until you know the point of him coming. The the sort of peace that he brings to individuals living in the world today who follow him. And the sort of peace that he is bringing universally in our world someday. Reigning peace. Where the enemies are punished and those who are with him will reign with him. Until then, it's, well, it's just a nice story, isn't it? Nice story of a mother and her baby boy and some visitors and a few gifts and the odd shepherd without realizing that your life depends on it. Without realizing that whether or not you even, that you ever know proper joy and proper peace depends on it. I wish you a very happy Christmas. I really do. I wish you peace and joy, but you know what that really means. You know what that really means. Because proper peace and proper joy are only found in Jesus. We're going to finish our carol service this afternoon by singing joy to the world. And as the musicians join us, I want to thank them very much for all of their um, talents and effort as they've put them on display this afternoon. as they serve God in this way, and we're thankful for them. Joy to the world. Let's stand as the introduction, um, as they play the introduction as we sing these words.
second but I want to just remind you of a couple of things. First of all you're very welcome to join us on Saturday morning for our Christmas morning family service. It's at uh, 10 30 uh, and we'll be bringing the boys and girls up with their toys uh, to have a look at them and we'll be singing together and we'll have a short message. It'll be over at 11 15 sharp uh, so please do join us for that if you are free. It's always a lovely time uh, together. We'll be um, giving offerings on Saturday morning to the Zimbabwe Orphans Fund, which we like to do each year. And uh, So please do come prepared for that. Also, you'll find a little booklet on your seat, um, which is called How to Have a Happy Christmas. So that's, that's yours to take home with you and to give a read. And um, it's, um, those are yours as well. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's pray together as we close our service. Heavenly Father, Uh, We do thank you for Christmas. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you for your um, decisive action in the war that's been going on in the world since the beginning in sending your son, the peacemaker, the one who brings us into a right relationship with you and who rescues us from ourselves and from our sins. And I pray, Lord, that each and every one today would understand uh, the need uh, to embrace and to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. And may we know the true peace and joy of Christmas this year, each and every one. And we pray now as we part that you bless us, keep us safe, and encourage us this Christmas time in all these things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.